Welcome back to DMC Podcast Season 2, Episode 7. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about togetherness. And since today's actually the finals for the Euros, this is kind of how the conversation got started between myself and Joseph, where we were looking about togetherness and how there's a lot of camaraderie and community aspect to how England's made it this far into the tournament. And it's just things like that we haven't seen as often, obviously due to the circumstances that we've been in for the last year or so. And it's really nice to see that as we slowly start easing our way out of it, that more people are coming together, more people are enjoying times with those that they feel are special to them. And that's why today's episode was just fundamentally based around togetherness. And without further ado, just want to ask Joseph, how you been? How's work? How's things going? I've been doing great, man. I've been doing great. Just had the had the uh, the benefit of having the past few days off of work. It's been really nice. I've been able to enjoy some of that camaraderie you've been talking about. You know, rule of six indoors, able to just see some stuff with my friends, watch the game, obviously, watch some of the matches, uh, which has been absolutely fantastic. And honestly, that's why I thought, you know what, Manny, let's talk about togetherness today because I've been feeling great recently in terms of being able to see my friends and some friends who weren't even interested in football necessarily, even they were buying into the hype. So that was fantastic to see. And I'm very passionate about football. I love football. I really enjoy it. And it was great to be able to share that with people I hadn't really been sharing that with before, which is fantastic. So that's why uh, I thought it would be a nice thing to talk about. But uh, how have you been, though? How's things with you? And I know congratulations to you, by the way, for completing your placement, my man. Thank you. Yeah, no, I was about to say, my last week was uh, really great and I've come to the end of my place from now, so um, I'm very much free, which is uh, exciting but also somewhat frightening because it's like, I don't need to wake up early voluntarily, but now I'm starting to make it a habit to go to the gym a bit more often now since I'm not working as much. But for the most part, man, it was just, it's been an amazing experience. I've had a good time. I've enjoyed myself. We actually went out to eat, which was really nice as well. Um, just over the lot like a few days ago so it's quite nice to be able to see a few friends uh, coming to the end of the placement as well you kind of just fading in quite well so overall just been good vibes really absolutely man absolutely so without further ado let's get talking about the first thing we're going to cover a few topics of togetherness today you know from strangers to workplace colleagues to in a more professional environment to you know family and friends so we wanted to start today by talking about the euros and how that has brought people together. And one observation that I've really liked is I was watching a YouTube video video for a channel that I always watch every week. And he was talking about how when he was in central London, after the Denmark game, England versus Denmark, he said, mate, it was crazy. It was like a riot, but a happy riot. And I'm not going to lie, when you say the word riot, it's never a good connotation, but he said a happy riot. And people were popping off, I can't lie. People were feeling a lot of that camaraderie and but there was a little bit of uh it's all over social media man yeah it, all it, over it, was, social it, media. Went, it kind of crazy did to be fair yeah people like dancing on buses and stuff like that and we don't couldn't we don't we don't condone that here but you know if if they could they can't let help but let their emotions get ahead of them especially when some people have been waiting years for that kind of uh, kind of opportunity to celebrate football you know it's really funny i i saw like a meme where it said like there was someone on the bus I think on the, uh, uh, no, I forgot, the side mirror. The wing mirror. The no, wing yeah, the wing mirror. And it's like, boss man let him do this, but he won't let me on when I forget my oyster. <laughs> it was just so funny. <laughs> and it's just so true as all. Well, but it's just because I suppose it's the first time in like 
55 years. 55 years. 55 years. Yeah, yeah, 55 years that like there's an international trophy, um, potentially coming to back to England or coming to England even, and that's probably why everyone's kind of going crazy. And I think also it's the, I think the kind of spirit of the team is really shown in the country. Mm-hmm. Where beforehand, uh, you hear like ex-professionals talk about how for England it used to be oh the Man United players sat here. The Chelsea players sat on a different table. The Liverpool players sat on a different table because they very much cared about their club and potentially where they actually lived because some of their players actually were situated in the home hometowns of where these big clubs are from. And as you can see, like as much as um, like we have like Southgate as a manager, many people have his opinions of him. He's been very good at being able to um, give people clear understandings and clear messages to like whether they're in the team or not and everyone in the team feels a part of it and very much so many people have been playing the matches in fact that I think everyone's had a minute on the pitch um, besides one player I think but it's just that kind of aspect to it really has like seeped through into the into the public and it's, it's really great to see because you never really see it that much and of, of course there's going to be times and moments where people go overboard but this Euro's now, I remember the World Cup last time. That, I think for some reason, I don't know why, but like this generation of talent and football players that are coming through, uh, because, probably because they're, they're quite young and they're youngsters and you think to yourself, you know, this guy's like two years younger than me or this guy's my age. And it's it's that kind of thing where you can associate with these kind of people despite them being on a different level and at a different stage of their life. But it really shows in the people's spirit and how people have come together for these events. Like, I'm I, obviously because we're we're much older now. I don't really remember some of the past World Cups where it might have been like this or people having a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong; it might have actually been the case, but getting this far into a tournament as well, and all of that hype that comes with that, is really like exacerbated and can contribute to like people being more together, people spending time together. Like there's like open, um, or like open air pubs, uh, like the gardens of pubs that are showing the matches and. People, people just sitting down, chilling together, having a nice chat, uh, conversing, not even about the football, but just generally having a conversation. And then the football being there, it's really mm. kind of brought the country together in a, in a, like I said, in a scenario where we really haven't been together, have we, for probably like a, a good solid year. Like consistently, we've probably been on and off, but for the most part like this, it hasn't been like that for quite some time now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And seeing the scenes in places like Box Park, a lot of people would be like, oh, I'd hate to be there and do that. But if you do enjoy that kind of raucousness and a bit of debauchery, you'd love that, man. You'd absolutely love that. To be honest, I look at Box Park and all these fan parks and stuff like that, and I'm thinking, yo, that'd be kind of fun, man. It's like going crazy. And people that aren't even interested in football going crazy about it because they're just so swept up. They're so caught up in the the emotion around it and I saw um, a YouTube comment of like uh, a mixed race guy being like my EDL neighbor said hello to me the first time in 20 years yesterday it really is coming home it's like what (laughs) what EDL by the way if you don't know is like an alt-right political movement which is typically uh, has uh, some old-fashioned outdated views towards race and segregation and stuff like that but someone saying yeah my EDL neighbor said hello to me like (laughs) that it might not be true it is online you can't believe everything you read online but the fact that that premise has even come up because of football is crazy and 
my mum, who doesn't care anything for football whatsoever, who is also half Italian, half English, Italy versus England in the final, looking a little bit like a turncoat. I must admit, my mum is saying Forza Italia this week. I've been very, I've been, uh, I've been a bit on the fence. <laughs> you must be fuming, man. Oh, mate, you know what? I respect it because we've got a group chat with our cousins and they're, they're saying that in, in, in Italy, believe it or not, man, in Italy, the feeling is England are a more talented team but Italy have better togetherness as a team. And so that'll be interesting to see if the sense of togetherness can pull through over raw talent, which will be a very interesting thing to see. But there's also the thing about the fact that the final will be at Wembley and whether the fans and the, the spirit that has been captured and swept over the country in this past month or so can spur the teams, can spur the English team on. Like, your people like flipping the Queen, sending out a, for, like, a formal letter to the England team and like Boris Johnson and p- talks of a bank holiday tomorrow, all because of uh, 22 men kicking a football into a net. And that's crazy when you put it down to his bare bones, but that's what Wait, it is. Would the and bank holiday be tomorrow? I thought it'd be the week after. It'll be tomorrow. Sure. It'll be tomorrow. Oh, like, so literally, like if we went today, I uh, imagine announcing a bank holiday though, like four hours <laughs> before, or, like two imagine, hours before. Today. I wake up at six fifteen. I get to work, and then and they're like, "Yeah, go home, Joseph. Uh, England won. What are you doing here?" And I was be like, "Well, what? <laughs> now what?" <laughs> so, hopefully, I mean, I'll still be going in. I'll be playing football tomorrow myself, so that'll be quite fun. Um, but yeah, so this togetherness has been really lovely. Even just like yesterday, I went out for a curry with my my dad and some family friends. And uh, there was like a birthday charm, people singing happy birthday to like one of some, like a group of four people, I think. And the whole floor started singing happy birthday. And then like two completely unrelated groups of lads started singing it's coming home and like they were, didn't know each other whatsoever probably different walks of life it seemed like and they were just all singing it's coming home out of nowhere after singing this random guy happy birthday and everyone in the pop was clapping it everyone in the curry place was clapping and happy and the waiters looked a little bit disgruntled but they also appreciated the community spirit around it so it's just nice to see to be honest it's just nice to see and it's 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 got me hopeful that in the future, hopefully, when we come out of this. We're not doing predictions here today, COVID predictions, but in the future, it will be lovely to see if something else can capture this spirit. Maybe the Olympics, maybe the World Cup. It sucks that it's usually the only sporting events that does this because it can, it can malign a lot of people who aren't really feeling that. But at the same time, it is coming home, so it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's strange because obviously there are like other sporting events that's going on. But I suppose, like, for example, Wimbledon's very different and that obviously is on right now as well. It's actually happening today and it actually happened yesterday as well. I think the women's final was yesterday and the men's final today. But when it becomes a national team thing, like in the Olympics, the World Cup, the Euros, um, like things like this, it's really where people come together and uh, show their support because to an extent it's like, a rep- representation of where they're from and it's, it's, it's shown in that kind of light and if we obviously become victorious it, I think a lot of people take that um, personally as well for themselves and like oh we're so happy it happened and people are like oh I got to see England win in my lifetime etc and it's it's just memories like that you can't really replicate and I think sporting events really does bring about that unpredictability and like 
spontaneous atmosphere as well when it comes to these kind of things. But um, I was going to, going to also see. Do you do you find that there's anything else that really brings strangers together? Like I know there's sometimes like some activities and some interests you might engage in a conversation with one or two people, but on this scale, do you do you feel like there's anything that can is comparable at all? Mm, on this scale, well, so there's a quote by a Roman poet called Juvenal. I, I don't know, I'm probably butchered it, but it, it mentions bread and circuses as the two key things that in order for a leader to rise to power, they need bread and circuses for the populace. And that's chosen because they want the people to be happy. They want the people to feel community and togetherness. And the best way to do that is through bread and circuses. So in the Roman times, that was food and gladiator battles in the Colosseum and stuff like that. And people would go to the Colosseum and they would have that massive sense of like games and excitement and stuff like that. And that is so infectious that the game aspect of things is so infectious that it is hard to replicate in other walks of life. Um, things that bring people together. There was the first thing that comes to mind, at least, is the NHS clapping. People would do that um, for months during lockdown. But then again, it might be different because during lockdown, people were looking for any any excuse, any reason to do something different and to do something that was extra special and showed support so i don't know if the fact that we if we weren't in lockdown would that happen would that have the same sense of togetherness community i'm not so sure but even now i see rain drawings of rainbows to celebrate the nhs on the on the windows of my street and of streets in guildford or london or wherever i do see it and it's lovely to see and that is a sense of togetherness at least that brings things together because i think at the bare bones what it is is that any, if anyone can reach that and anyone can can feel like they belong and they could also reach those heights, you know, anyone, if they study, can or work hard enough, can be a member of the NHS and they too can feel like they make a difference. Anyone can reach the heights of these footballers if they're good enough. Look at Raheem Sterling, the boy from Brent, is the thing that people talk about. Anyone could be a footballer and anyone could do that thing. It's the same with being in the NHS. There's so many NHS workers and there's so many opportunities for different jobs. Anyone can be an NHS worker and make a difference in people's lives. And I think that's what allows the infectiousness to settle in is that if you can envision yourself and also see that as something you could obtain, that's different. I think the reason why tennis isn't as widespreadly celebrated is because there's a bit of a class difference there, at least from, at least from what I've seen. Tennis is seen as more of a middle, upper class sport, whereas football is very much applicable to everybody, no matter what walk of life you're in. And I think that makes a massive difference in being widespread. The same with the NHS. It can be up to really highly educated specialist surgeons, doctors, um, everything like that, to at the bare, at the very like bottom of the the brand the brackets of paying paid is like assistant psychologists or assistant junior whatever it may be like cleaning people people who are in charge of like porters and the kitchen stuff anyone can be in the nhs no matter what walk of life you're from anyone can be a footballer as long as you work hard enough no matter what walk of life you're from but there's also seems like a barrier for certain other sports that means it's not as widespread um aside from that many are there any other ones that you could think of as well that maybe buck the trend that i've just that i've just specified I'm not really sure. I was listening to it. It's quite interesting. You mentioned that, like, how 
people from different backgrounds and in fact like people you might even know like Jude Bellingham is 17 years old I think he did his he's either finished his A-levels or he's just done his AS it's crazy because people like children can relate to that it's, it's kind of it's not really scary but it's like we're, we're like 21 years old and this guy's 17 playing for England and it's like he's he's like a kid and you really think to yourself like anyone isn't it's possible for anyone to like play football and stuff and everyone with like different uh walks of life like you mentioned earlier is really where people feel very much included and like um you when you hear where people are from when they say that oh this player is from this area and you're like oh that's like two minutes away from me or like like they live five minutes away from me and it's really that inclusivity and the fact that these people are so close yet so far now because obviously how far they've come but it just feels like they're very much included into society up until they get to becoming a footballer but I think that's where because you feel that you can relate to them on a level a bit of a personal level to that um, matter to add to that it's just where people may think to themselves this is why I like England I or even if it's the individuals I think now in like sports it's not about the individuals rather than like the team itself but you can pick out like for example people I'm not going to say people like in Birmingham and Birmingham and Aston might not um appreciate like the England team but it's like they got representatives like Jack Grealish in their team uh from Birmingham who's Aston Miller player and it's just things like that where obviously as much as like Arsenal do hate Tottenham and vice versa there's Arsenal fans now cheering on Harry Kane for him to perform at a good level so the England team can thrive and it's it's where all those rivalries like kind of put themselves to bed and they care more about where they're from rather than their, their club because it's part of the national team now so that's probably why people feel that they can relate to these players and because everyone's cheering on with different cheering on these players that are from different backgrounds and different teams, it's very much so it's possible for anyone. And why not just celebrate the team as a club, as a nation? Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, we see other nations like Argentina as well. Congratulations on them for winning the Copa America. Uh, and finally, Messi has got his international trophy, even though he didn't play too great of a game. I've heard. Um, People are very sort of celebrative of that. You know, Messi fans from all over the world. I don't like that backhanded together. compliment. I don't, what do I don't you like mean? that. What do you he mean? He didn't play well in the game. You didn't even watch the game. I don't Come want on. to hear it. From, I said he from what I've heard. From yeah, what I've he heard. didn't play well, but he was best player in the tournament. And he was. He had he top was. goal scorer. But you know what? The uh, togetherness the of the, the team. The he's the he, he, he is. He, uh, honestly, the togetherness of the team, it didn't matter how... Messi himself played. It mattered how Argentina played, and at the end of the day, they did him. They did a solid. They did Messi a, a service and got him the international trophy he deserves. So, Messi fans around the world are rejoicing. You know, people that don't know each other rejoicing, happy to be like, well, finally, you know, the guy that we love and we follow has got something that he can hold to his name in terms of international level. So, even then, it's great. It's quite nice just to add on to that. I was watching like the celebrations and. Uh, talking about togetherness, especially in, like, we can probably move on to a workplace atmosphere because talking about football, if you really think about it, it's actually their job as well. So it's quite interesting to, like, see that dynamic, like, transfer from, like, if you think about it, it's like you're doing your job, but it's obviously affecting the public to an extent because it's a form of entertainment. But just going back to the whole Copa America match, um, after Argentina won, 
Like Messi was on the floor, and I, I like I kid you not, Joseph. Everyone on that team ran up to him because it meant so much to him as an individual because he's such an amazing player and he's done so much for the sport. And lots of people, it kind of puts the um, the doubters to shame in the sense that they say, "Oh, he hasn't won an international trophy. Oh, he hasn't won an international trophy." And people might debate the quality of football within that um, international trophy he won and things of that nature. But regardless, it's, it, it, no one can take that away from him in the fact that he's won an international trophy. Yeah. And it's great to see that, like, the team coming together and, like, going towards him, where it's like, of course, that like, he's the focal point of the country and the team because he's Lionel Messi. But the truth is, is that it's, it's not, like, to be honest, they're all just working but for, for their national team just to get a trophy. But it means so much to the players around him that they go up to him and like celebrate with him especially so it's it's really great to see and then just shifting over the conversation now a bit about the workplace we mentioned obviously a bit about football which for for those that play football i know they don't get paid for a national team but it's like a job that they do and they're part of football clubs where they get paid to work but you definitely obviously i'm assuming these national teams do the same thing but there's Definitely team building exercises, which for some people they kind of think is, I don't want to say the word cringe, but it's kind of like, like they just do it for the sake of doing it. But I think these really play like a massive role. And we, we definitely saw this, not necessarily in our workplace, potentially, but you might jump onto that. But the fact that at uni in the first year, the, in the first week, we did team building exercises just to get familiar with the people that we're going to be on the course with. And, I think it it really did like a a lot for people not only to find friends and meet people on the course, but just to engage in conversation with people that you probably wouldn't think you'd spoken to if you had the choice to sit down in the lecture and just you could but you're by chance you sit up next to someone and they start you start talking to them. It's not it doesn't really work out for everyone like that. And some people might be more shy or timid than others, and that can definitely play an impact on that. But is there anything you want to add about the workplace? The togetherness of the workplace. Obviously, I just mentioned team building and or anything about uni. Well, these exercises, personally, you know, Manny did mention the word cringe there, and I put that down myself because sometimes it can feel a little forced. And as someone who I, I feel like I'm quite social, and I feel like I can talk to people here and there, you know, without necessarily needing other prompts and stuff like that. But I know that um, a lot of people can't, and they need a little prompt or they need an activity to do because the activity or the prompt, it, it forms common ground for that, for that person, for the people around you. So say if you're in a lecture hall, like Manny and I were, and you've done your, you've got your team building exercise, there's something there for you to do and talk to talk about with people, with your peers, with your group that you've been assigned. You don't have to think about, uh, you know, what should I say to this person? How should I start this conversation? Maybe you really want to talk to them, but you don't know how because you might have a bit of social anxiety or you might be just anxious in general. But if there's that team building exercise, that question is removed. You can just talk about the exercise. You can mention it. You can be like, okay, so what do you think? And what do you think? And in, in a workplace environment as well, um, there's also the same thing. You, you won't necessarily have to worry about what could I talk about with this person, uh, and then like sit on the fence and go, hmm, what should I say? Da, da, da. But you'll be like, oh, we can talk about this, which would be great. Um, and then once the team building exercise is done, you can then 
again, if you're still not as comfortable, you can still talk about and ask other people, oh, so what did you think about that? Even though the exercise is done now and you're meant to be doing something different perhaps, in your downtime, you can say, oh, what did you think about the exercise? What did you think about this? Or how did you go around solving this problem? Did you like this guest speaker? And it provides a platform for people to chat to one another and break down those initial barriers. And then it becomes a lot easier. So um, if you say, for example, about we did a marshmallow, was it marshmallow spaghetti or was it spaghetti and tape, Manny? I forget now. I don't remember. I think it was marshmallow oh, spaghetti and tape. Oh, yeah, exercise. Yeah. I think, I think it was sticks. They were like plastic straws, plastic straws and oh, something else. Oh, it was plastic else. straws. Yeah, it was plastic straws. It was plastic yeah. straws and something else. Uh, we had to hold up like a... Um, I can't remember what a, weight, a weighted thing. There's like some a weighted weight, thing. Yeah, it was like, a, like a it was a weighted thing we had to hold up as well as using like plastic straws to keep it yeah, balanced. That and was then, it, that was it. We I mean the exercise structure. Yeah. This exercise was to do with can you guys come together and build something which doesn't fall once it's mm -hmm. like touched or been hit? Mm -hmm. And um me and Joseph were just reminiscing earlier in the podcast uh, before we started and I remember you saying your team actually came last. Oh yeah, and, um, we suck. From what I remember, I think my team was like top three, but it's just one oh, of those things where flexing. Okay. It was, um, it's just one of those things where, like, ultimately the, the exercises. Of course, you want to make the best. Um, I think it was the tallest one, which like which also with holds the pressure, like being pushed. The mm. best is the one that wins, mm -hmm. and of course, like at the same time, the whole exercise is to do with that kind of um that has that motivation yeah but it's mostly to do with the fact that you bring the people in the course together you engage in conversations like you just mentioned it's kind of like a gateway conversation you start talking about um you start talking about the exercise then you might turn to your left or right and say uh obviously you're doing computer science how come you chose it what, what, what are you so interested about computer science and then it kind of just builds connections because you all have a common ground and it's very easy to do an activity and start a conversation, especially with yeah. a stranger or someone you work with, rather than it being, oh, um, let's, let me just go and sit in the lecture hall and then start sparking up a conversation. Because some people might find that, I don't want to say intrusive, but they might find it like you're a bit overbearing. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the, it could be because right some people might be there to be like, oh, I'm there to learn kind of thing. But if there's an assigned time and assigned assigned task to where you're not there to learn and you're there to do your do some uh, socializing then it breaks down that initial barrier and it gets people talking like in a workplace for example um there's assigned times in my workplace at least where there's an informal placement catch-up and it's a half an hour conversation you know unfortunately it is online we're not able to see each other in person yet but there's a, a little catch up and some people make quizzes and some people make like little presentations and stuff like that. And we just, or sometimes we literally just chat and talk about our experience and just have a laugh and just have a little catch up with people who I've actually never met in person, but because there's time set aside for it. And I think that's what's so important is having the time set aside. If it's impromptu, that's great as well. But some people would need, to know that this time is dedicated for team building and for socializing and that can come together and promote a sense of togetherness whether it's in a a team in a workplace or university students who are meeting each other for the first time 
I remember that we had a buffet on the first, on like the second day of uni. There was like a buffet lunch where we met our lecturers. Oh and yeah, and there was like a pool table there, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, there was a pool table and people just, people who liked pool, played pool together. They'd never met each other and they didn't know what other people were like and they were, irregardless of whatever background people came from and stuff like that, they just played a game of pool together. Me and one of my f- closest friends now, we both lived in the same court, which is really nearby to this uh, buffet. We both ran home, grabbed some two boxes of Tupperware and started filling it up with the buffet food that no one ate. It was fantastic. I had free food for two days. I loved it. And me and him just, we didn't know each other. We met each other that exact same day. And by the end of the day, we were like just laughing and being like yo look at all this free food we got and we were like pretty happy about that and excited about that and that that laid a strong foundation for a great friendship to follow and things like that are just so important obviously they can sometimes feel forced if you're able to just be social anyway and not have to worry about it it can be like oh well why can't we just chat to people and some people don't quite comprehend that others need a little bit of an extra push and a little bit of an extra this is time to socialize kind of uh, direction and that's really good that that's been recognized by universities and workplaces 100 percent. and just to add to that i think also there's when um you mentioned that there's i have i used to have meetings every morning and even though there were like daily stand-ups about what you did the day before uh what will you do today etc it's obviously mostly to do with work but there'll be some people who might be like what did you do yesterday um watched the England game like they, they they kind of joke about what they've done and they obviously mention what they've done for work wise but then like they're making a laugh and a joke about it but once you do like the stand-up every day and you, you're very comfortable with your team it's um I, there's also that kind of aspect of you're building that togetherness because it's like naturally you're talk you're inclined to talk about your work because that's the time and place to talk about it but there's also uh you can have that kind of joke and a laugh uh, during the workday because you kind of would do that anyway in the meeting or potentially like because we're not in the office you might have a conversation with the person next to you so instead of that virtually that would just be you calling them and it's quite nice that people try to replicate that kind of thing even though it's very, very difficult to do that and navigate that online because I feel like with online working it's quite easy just to focus on the work get everything that you need to get done and then just log off which don't get me wrong, it works for a lot of people, but it's quite nice that there's people actively going out their way to call other people, ask them how they're doing, because mentally it can be very difficult. And also arranging online events and things of that nature. And like you said, for, for many people, it's them needing to be prompted that this time is solely used for just chilling out, relaxing, just to take this hour break off, just have a conversation with someone, have like a coffee chat. And it's... um really great to see it's really good to see those kind of adjustments being made especially in the um atmosphere that we're in right now and the fact that everyone's online and um offline work obviously slowly but surely will um hopefully like be integrated again into society but it's it's yeah it is great to see i can't i think sometimes workplaces also probably you might have experienced this more than i have joseph they do activities together and activities is a big one like they might have like a football session on a Monday. I know you definitely mentioned you went football, so you can just talk about that in a second. But then there also might be things where it's like uh, drinks out with the work lot. Um, maybe you guys do bowling or something for like a um, just a little Christmas thing. And it's just things like that. Obviously, you've kind of been stopped and prevent- inhibited due to um, COVID. But 
moving forward, those people come back and it, that shows togetherness as well. I definitely think it shows that. But do you want to just touch on your experience with football and doing stuff like that? Yeah, well, the most one of the things that stands out really clearly to me is going and getting a little little bite to eat, a little bit of breakfast with my work colleagues every day at 10 a.m. Going for a, a 10 minute, a five minute walk even to the cafeteria on site, getting the sausage sandwich um, and walking five minutes back. Just It's like a little 15 minute round trip in the middle of the, in the work day early on, you know, we've been, we've all been in work for a couple hours at that point, two hours until lunch. We have a little break, go outside, get some fresh air, stretch our legs. We're sitting in front of a computer the whole time and have a chat. You know, um, uh, we don't necessarily chat whilst we're doing work. Of course, you know, we talk here and there and like everything. We talk about um, video games and movies and football and lots of other things. But that's more like when you get in and you see your colleague and then you get down to work. But then it's nice to break up the day and do and have a little, we call it the sausage walk, which is a bit of a strange name, but we, we, we do it anyway. It's got a nice ring to it. We go on the sausage walk at 10 a.m. And that's really nice because it just means we're able to chat to each other a little bit more. Like I found out so much about my colleagues because of that 15 minute time we spend talking. At lunch, I play on my switch and I have my lunch. Um, and I don't necessarily talk to my colleagues at that point but we do have the sausage walk, which is great. And even now, there's a new placement student who's starting, he's gonna take over from me when I leave work in a, a month and a half. Um, and he's also now, he's joining us too on that sausage walk. You know, he's not necessarily even getting any food. He's coming just to get stretch his legs, get a bit of fresh air and have a chat with us. And that's so nice. And I think what's really important there is that even though he's not going to get food, He's still coming along just to get the sense of togetherness, just to feel more at ease with his colleagues. And I think that that's really important is that you put yourself out there a little bit and you just try your best to, to do something potentially, even if you don't reap the benefits yourself in terms of, you know, obtaining some food, you still can chat to that person. Like with the uni building, team building exercise, even if you don't necessarily win or even if you don't do well, my team, we suck, we came last. But I remember it so vividly, the process of making it and and talking to my talking to the team members and laughing with them about the structure and everything like that. And I remember that. I don't remember losing. I don't care about losing, but I remember what it felt like to make those connections for the first time and that was really I like I remember so vividly the first sausage walk I went on because it was the first time I met these people and everyone was so nice and if I was to offer any advice I would say just try and even if you'd not necessarily reap the benefit try and get involved anyway and try and promote their sense of togetherness within a more professional environment and you'll 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 feel the benefits a week or so later if you're doing it every day or every couple of days with these new people you'll feel the benefit and you'll start to feel a bit more at ease with your colleagues and closer to them and it's really lovely trust me it's really lovely to do that i don't know if you've got any advice manny for making the most out of these exercises and these uh icebreakers per se i was going to say like when you start making an effort even if you're struggling people a conversation is just the conversation is like two people engaging, but the thing is, when someone's struggling, people tend to give you a hand when they can see that you're trying in a conversation. So if you're struggling like to say something or you're not too sure, 
someone might prompt a question from you and they kind of try to keep it going because they can tell that you're trying to make that conscious effort, even if you're struggling. And I'll just say, just if you carry on trying and making that effort, people will recognize that and they'll give you more time than someone if they didn't like, it's quite easy for someone to be like, I don't want to talk to these people. I'm not interested. And really close themselves off. So people very much so don't engage in conversation with this person anymore because decided to be very closed off. But with those making a conscious effort, you can tell that people make more of an effort with them as well. So I think just making that extra effort definitely pays back in dividends because you see it uh, being reciprocated for sure. And that kind of, um, I was going to move the conversation on to friends unless you had anything you wanted to add on to that final point. No, I'm happy to move on to it. Yeah, so yeah, going back to togetherness with friends, it's like most of my favorite moments, and you probably shared this with me as well, in the fact that doing something for a friend's birthday, and it's like, it, you might not know everyone. I remember your birthday party. I knew a few people, got introduced to uh, different people as well. Um, but it's quite nice, like, because we all come together for this one person, it's very, like, easy to start off conversations because first you can be like, oh, how do you know Joseph? And then we have a conversation. I'll be like, oh, I'm doing computer science in the same course. We go to Mini good friend of mine met him xyz and we kind of have a conversation and reminisce about you you're the focal point of the conversation but then the conversation quite easily swap over to getting to know that person as well which is um really nice because in theory for someone's birthday the icebreaker naturally is the person whose birthday is it's quite easy i don't know about you like even when i've gone to birthday parties i'm like oh so um hi my name is manny I, I sorry what's your name um and then whatever and then you'd be like oh um you're obviously here because it's joseph's birthday and when, what was the first time you what was what was it like meeting joseph for the first time and then they might tell you a bit of a funny story and it's quite nice to um have that kind of moment because you both share something in common where it's like you both met joseph but you both know a different side of him maybe or like you see the same side of him because you've seen something that you may have done and things like that and it kind of carries on the conversation to something else and it's, it's kind of nice that you can, you're able to do that and start a conversation like that because it makes your life a lot easier. Don't get me wrong, like it is, it is much easier to be able to do those kind of things. So yeah, man, I think, I think that's definitely one that springs to mind when it comes to togetherness of friends. Do you have anything yeah. you want to add to that? Yeah, well, as as you mentioned, it all comes back to just providing a foundation for which you can talk to someone about something, you know, it it provides the conversation starter, as you said, with the birthday thing, how do you know Joseph, is it uh, anything that comes up when you think of how you met for the first time and these kinds of things, and that's really nice because it's, it just makes it easier, you know, it simplifies the social interaction. And then, then it's up to you guys, you, the two people involved in this conversation, whether they want to keep talking or move on to talk to more people and expand their network. But for me, yeah, birthdays are a great way of feeling close with your friends. A lot of the best times I remember my friends were celebrating their birthdays, you know, because at that day, an effort is made to make that person, that one person in particular, have a really fun day. But by extension, it also makes a fun day, hopefully at least, for the rest of the people who are also present. The rest of the friendship group, for example, you know, going ice skating, going bowling, ordering pizza, playing video games, 
um, watching a movie, playing board games, doing, having a party and stuff like that, letting off fireworks and remember not forgetting to, to hold on to them like I did, um, making a curry for 30 plus I remember people. that. I remember oh, that birthday. <laughs> that was an absolute mess. That was, yeah, that was, that, was, that was a bit of tomfoolery and I will not be repeating that, but it was fun and it was memorable and it, it promoted a sense of togetherness. People were cracking up laughing and it, people were talking about stuff the next day that happened that day. And it was so nice. But one thing that is you need to remember is trying to be mindful of those who may feel like they're being excluded. For example, if someone, if there's like a 12 person limit on a certain thing and you have 13 friends, unfortunately one person won't be able to make it or make that cut and it at that point you need to explain things be like oh it's not personal like we had to pick 12 people and there's maybe something going on in the background you know the other person was too far away or there's some sort of decision making process that, that went on there and that's just about communicating that and hopefully if they really are your friend they'll be cool with it and they'll understand but um yeah i think birthdays are a really great way of just promoting and leveling up that friendship and heightening that up and it may take one person in particular to organize it. It may take one person in particular to make the bookings and sort out a nice present and sort out, you know, food and snacks or drinks and whatnot. But the, even that bit, I find fun. Even that bit, I'm like, I get excited thinking about how much my friend is going to like doing this and really enjoy it. Like when me and one of my, me and Yusuf or one of my friends went to see you, Manny, um, we we went and went to get some food together and we just like booked a place and went and got some food and it was so nice and just like had a little catch up for your birthday and that was really cool as well so you know it just took one person to do that and we had a really great time and I remember that as well quite vividly so that's really nice um, but another thing that is quite good for strengthening the togetherness between friends is impromptu motives but by that I mean things that are loosely planned but aren't rigidly rigidly stuck to like there's no routine in particular where it's you have to do this thing you have to do these activities and be here at this time it's more like let's go into let's go meet up somewhere let's go let's go a have some food b do something together as a group that's all you need and then you can try and find something to do like with with us, Manny, we mentioned just at the very start of the podcast, we went and got some food together. Afterwards, we were just walking around an area we were unfamiliar with, found an outdoor gym, and had a great time just messing around on that, doing some exercise, having races, and doing stuff like that. Like it was so it was impromptu. Just super random. Exactly. Yeah, like, it, it was I so felt random. Like a kid, because we started. I started <laughs> running around the park. We yeah. started doing sprints. It was just crazy. And then we started doing a workout. Like that was my second workout in the day because I'm in gym that morning. And it's things like that where you loosely plan. I think also it's just it's just the people also make the experience and and it's where we kind of plan something. We wanted to do it like a few like two years ago. Two years in the making, like eighteen months. And it's quite <laughs> nice to be able to like and it was quite quickly done. Like once we said, "Oh, when are we actually doing this?" Don't get. It took us like less than a week to sort it out. And it's quite, it's quite nice that things like that occur. And we, like we didn't know what was next. We went out to eat, and then we just sat there, and we we're like, "Oh, well, what is there to do here?" And then we found like a park nearby, and then we just went there and just chilled. And it's things like that where everything's not really necessarily regimented after the main event. 
and it's just it's just makes things like tenfold better, man. Honestly, I don't I don't know what it was about that day, but it's yeah, so much fun. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like me, I remember last year, the day before one of our exams, or two years ago now, it must have been, we just had an impromptu trip to Thorpe Park. And it was so much fun. It was just like, I don't know what it is about these impromptu motives, but it feels so much more rewarding because you're not stuck to something. You're not tied into a plan. And we were all there enjoying the day thinking, man, this day could have just been like nothing. We could have just been another normal day or, or it could think, oh, we just went out for some food and then we all went home. But it feels better. It feels more rewarding thinking, mate, we're making the most of this day. We're having fun with friends. And that itself is so nice to feel. And so, yeah, impromptu motors are really good. They don't come around too often. I'm not going to lie because it's it's hard to be impromptu sometimes. And it's hard to be creative with what you do. And it is very much as a result of where you are and the situation you're in. But when it happens, it's really nice. And so uh, I would recommend just leaving things loosely planned and giving room for you know time constraints to be a little bit bent or wherever you go in terms of the place that you're at physically the location can also be you know malleable as well so i'd recommend that if you're trying to find ways to feel a sense of togetherness with friends i think just to add to like the togetherness thing i think we did like a good thing where it's like we spoke about like a main event where everyone's together for one purpose but we also spoke about things where like you might do it spontaneously but just to add to that, both like to that as well, there's a sense of you don't necessarily need like a lot of people to feel like togetherness. I think it's quite you can like you said for like my birthday, there's only like two of us because obviously quite a lot of our friends don't live near, near where I live, and one of our mates conveniently lived near where I live, so we just took the bus uh, to get to that location and things of that nature. But it's like you don't need to feel like togetherness doesn't necessarily mean you need to have like 500 people around you, 50 people around you even 10 people around you, you could feel together with people with like a, a handful of people or like two to three people. I think it's the emotion and feeling you get from the, those experiences um, that really kind of embeds the idea of togetherness rather than it being, oh, it's, you can easily do something with people and not feel together doing it rather than it being, oh, we could just have, like, I've been to places where I've enjoyed the event, but I didn't feel like I, and obviously some of my friends are there, so we're obviously we're together, but I didn't really connect with anyone there because it wasn't really my kind of scene. But I've also been to places where oh, I've gone for a walk with someone and I felt or walk with a bunch of people and I felt more together in that kind of setting than somewhere else. I mean, there's something to be spoken about because it's quite easy to get lost in the idea of togetherness has to be that so many people, like you need like a bunch of people together. I mean, it's more about the feeling and the emotion that comes with it rather than the actual event itself. Yeah, and as I was saying, you know, about the, the things that I did with friends and these uh, different activities we, we've done, I remember the emotions that it elicited more so or as much as the actual thing of being there. And that's so important that you remember how it made you feel, not necessarily what it was. So that's really nice as well to, to cover, Manny. I feel like, yeah, you summed that up pretty well. But just to move on to the final, uh, the final topic of this one is a promo about promoting famil familial togetherness and different things you can do as a family to, to feel closer to your parents or if you're a parent, to feel closer to your kids or, you know, if you're one of the younger ones, feel closer to your siblings or cousins or whatever there's different ways you can do this to promote togetherness. One 
really easy thing to do is have dinner together once a week at least you know to sit down at a table somewhere maybe not necessarily even at a kitchen table i know a lot of places don't have the space for that but just somewhere where you can eat together and talk about your day and share some food maybe even spend some time cooking with your parents or you know maybe as a as the the child you take responsibility and do the cooking for your parents you know they'd appreciate that massively and then you sit down and eat and you have a really nice catch up and it just if i don't know what it is but having conversations with nice food in front of you is just so good like there's something about it that i can't put my finger on it's so nice i don't know where it is because even like i remember obviously we must be talking my friends right now but i remember when like i remember i made something really nice here with a butter chicken and i was just like to my friends i enjoyed it so much myself and i want someone to be able to share in this experience (laughs) and i remember it was uh, it was me, it was me and you, and I think one of our other friends came over, and we had like Greek yogurt, we had naan bread with it, I mean it was garlic naan maybe, and then we had the butter chicken together, which was just really nice, and then there's times I brought one person over and we've done that, and it's, I don't know what it is about co- cooking with someone, I think there's just that kind of compatibility, or like, you kind of like cooking with someone, because it's just two people working together to get something done. Like it's like it's similar to team building exercise, but like having a conversation over dinner, I don't know what it is about that kind of environment or atmosphere. Just something about it just seems very, I don't know. That it's just a mysterious. Like I can't put my finger on it. Either. Mysterious. <laughs> um, no, I do go. You mean though? There's something about it, and it's just nice. And with family, it is nice to sit in front of. You know, maybe sometimes you don't quite have the familial bond to sit and chat at a dinner table, but even I guess sit and chat and watch something together and or sit and eat, sorry, and watch something thing together. Because watching a TV show, again, as we said before, with um, the workplace stuff and the professional environment and strangers, it provides a platform for conversations about things that you're shared interest in. You know, you all as a family have a shared interest in this TV show. And therefore you want to talk about it and it gives you the ability to think, Oh, Oh, so, so mom, what do you think is going to happen in the show? Oh, Oscar, that was a interesting, like, what do you think of this episode? You know, stuff like that. It, it provides the, the platform for this conversation to happen, which is really good um, because some people don't have the benefit of being as close to the family as they may want. And so if they're able to, create these shared interests because people might think i've got nothing in common with my parents you know they're 30 years older than me they're not interested in the things that i'm interested in if you can find one tv show even and that you're all interested in or you know most of the family's interested in and that there you go there's a shared interest talk about it you know it's really could be that simple and you can talk about different theories if you're watching something mysterious. Talk about your favorite action sequences if you're watching something quite, you know, thrilling. Talk about the favorite jokes in the comedy shows. Stuff like this, man. It's just, it, it may at first seem like there's no similar grounds that you can feel that sense of togetherness. But soon if you do end up watching something that you all enjoy together, that could be the crux to, to build a strong familial bond. And I think that's really nice. Having a movie night 
for example, having a night where assigned, as we said before, you know, assigning time to do these things. If you have a movie night assigned to watch stuff, if you have a, a, a dinner time night where you all eat dinner together, if you have a, a, a Manny cooks dinner night or a Joseph cooks dinner night and me and you do the cooking for our family or whatever it may be. I know you actually have that, don't you, Manny? That's a Friday, man. Yeah, Friday. So the kids uh, cook like one day of the week. And then the parents have the other day, so I, I always cook on a Friday, which, to be fair, like, now, during work, it was easy because I was the one who finished the earliest from home, and I was able to cook. Um, but, obviously, now, as I finish work, I definitely know there's going to be more, mot- more motives on a Friday, so I'm going to have to renegotiate a new day. But we'll <laughs> renegotiate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Looking oh. to that contract. But yeah, was there anything you wanted to add on to that, Manny? No, I was going to say um, something that I think is like very underrated, but I don't uh, think like a car. I love car journeys, man. I don't know what it is. You love car journeys. Okay, okay. Let me let me rephrase. Explain I love this car one. Journey- I love car journeys, but I don't drive in the car when I do those journeys. But like, I think in car journeys, you just have like a. If there's like a twenty-plus minute car journey, I love it. I don't know what it is about it. It's just being able to like, and it might just be like, we have to go pick up someone and then come home. But it's just something about that. It's like, you just have a conversation with someone in the car whilst you're on your way to do something. And I quite like that. Like, don't get me wrong. Tesco is 20 minutes plus away from my house, but that's not a car journey I enjoy because I don't like going there. Um, (laughs) But like, like, for example, I forgot something in in Guildford and my cousins and I, we took the... um, car to Guildford I was obviously not maybe because I'm a passenger I'm, I'm one of those people who likes car journeys but like I, I really did have a nice time just having a conversation with them and we got there I got to Guildford grabbed the stuff I needed and I came back home that was like a couple years ago as well and it's just things like that I think there's something about car journeys that has to be said that there's just conversations that you would never really have but you're having, you know what? You know what next time, next time I'm in the car journey, I will, I will make the most of a money and I'll get back to you as to why I feel about it. But you know what? I do understand you because um, when my mum was driving me back to Guildford uh, a couple years ago, I think like 2019 or whatever, um, we started talking about like our relationships. At that point, you know, my three and a half year relationship had ended only a month prior, and. I don't know what it was, Manny, but now that I think about it, I hadn't had that conversation with my mom, but in the car, on the car journey, we had that chat about what happened there, Joseph, like, are you okay? How is everything going after? Because obviously the relationship just ended and the car journey brought out that conversation. And I had a conversation with my mom about her relationships and stuff like that, what she's been up to in, in terms of the dating world. And maybe if it wasn't for a car journey being there, Manny, that might not have happened. So you know what? Maybe there is something to be said about the secret magic of a car journey. Maybe, maybe I should look, maybe we should look into that at some point. Cause now that you make it, now that you mention it and I'm thinking back to it and I'm thinking back to all the car journeys, you're actually right. You are actually right about that. So I appreciate you bringing that to light. <laughs> um, but another thing that could also be really useful is planning a family day out. You know, these get a lot harder to plan as the kids in the family get older, you know, as they turn from preteens to teenagers to adults, like we are now, Manny, it's harder to plan days out because everyone's got their own lives. People, you know, you and I are working, you know, my, my brother was studying, stuff like that, you know, and 
there's other commitments you know people got friends people got other things to do other things they're passionate about as they get older and it is harder to coordinate these family days out but honestly they the they shouldn't be on there's no way you can overrate a family day out like this is severely underrated just going to um I, I think last tuesday me oscar and my mom we went to the wildlife photographer of the year exhibition which was fantastic you know we hadn't been in like five years we went a lot when we were younger we went three years straight when we were younger but as we got older and as we had different commitments me and my brother you know studying uni friends stuff like that we didn't go but this year I was like, you know what, let's do it. Let's, let's go and let's go. And it was so nice. We spent the day out in central London. We went to the Natural History Museum, went to the exhibition, went to a coffee shop. Um, you know, we walked, we walked like a 40 minute walk back home from like one of the tube stations. And it was so nice. We hadn't done it for years because we just got older. But the fact that we managed to actually do that was so good. And that really can't be rated enough. I was looking at, going to say, you know, when you went to National History Museum, did you mm-hmm. see that new exhibition with the, is it, t- is it the T-Rex that moves? I can't remember if that's new. But that's been there for time, bro. That's no, been there for bro, like 10 no. years. No, 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 no. I, I swear there was like a new, I think there's, they do seasonal ones and I can't remember which one it Maybe was. Maybe it's but seasonal, one, coming back there was a season. difference. I know which one you're talking about, but there was yeah. something else that was there. But yeah, no, man, the, the history museums and the museums in general used to be an old one as well when we were younger. But um, no, you can definitely, and like you said, it does get more difficult when you get older because there's different things, you have different commitments. But I, I think it's, I think also in that kind of way, it's um, the heart grows fonder when when you're when there's a bit more distance and maybe perhaps like you might not go out as much, but when you do, it really is a good time and and you really enjoy yourself and you like it. But it's, it's, you don't want to oversaturate that either as well because it kind of devalues those kind of moments as well. So I think I think that's that's a really good way of putting it. And it's, it's really great to see that, like, like in terms of yourself and us being able to have these moments with friends, strangers in the workplace and family. I think we kind of summed up quite well what together, togetherness really is. And like I said, it, it all kind of started from strangers from the euros all the way to being at work and then with friends and then obviously with family doing activities like bowling or whatever you guys choose to do and you enjoy doing um it just just make it's just all about making time and that that's the most important thing at the end of the day as long as you can set some time aside for those people um they will definitely you'll definitely reap the benefits of feeling like you have that community aspect with those people so Make the time for those people, put in the effort and show, show that commitment. Because they'll go a long way and they feel very important. 100%. And try and find the, the ways to make a, a shared interest with those around you. You know, Shared interests provide places for conversations to take part. And from there on out, you can just enjoy, hopefully, a stronger relationship that gets better each time you do something new, which is fantastic. So, yeah, if you're listening, you want to take two things away from it. As Manny said, set aside time and create shared interests with those around you. So yeah, thank you all so much for listening today to our episode on togetherness. We are recording this before 
Euro 2020 final. So we may have to mince our words, but you know what? We're hopeful. We're hopeful England team will bring it home and we'll find out in uh, five or six short hours whether England will bring it home or not. But you know what? We don't mind anyway because we've enjoyed the camaraderie so far. So massive. Best of luck to both teams, to be honest, to both teams. Um, yeah, we are the DMC podcast. We record episodes every week and we release them at 6 30 on a sunday so be sure to be on spotify asap when it comes to that time and give us a listen um we are at the official dmc podcast on instagram we don't do any advertisement we just maybe we just record and release an instagram quote every day whenever we can but we'd love it if you were able to tell one person about the, the episode and the podcast if it made you feel some type of way and made you feel interested or gave you some good advice that'd be great share it with someone and it'll really benefit us and we'd really appreciate that from all of you so once again with it's been the dmc podcast signing off <laughs>